to hour two, Sportsnet Today, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios in Calgary, Alberta. It is Wednesday, October 4th. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. It was a very busy hour one. Ask Andy with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. And a look at the opponent tonight, the Edmonton Oilers. As it is a Calgary Flames game day. Flames and Oilers round two of the preseason. Seven o'clock tonight. That means Flames pregame with Pat Steinberg. Goes at six o'clock. 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson call the Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Game 7 of 8 of the preseason. The regular season is right around the corner. And we got a lot to get to when it comes to the Calgary Flames. The way timing worked out on Wednesday, we wanted to start the show off, talk lots of Calgary Flames. We had to get some other stuff done, but now we're getting to it. Flames talk right here. We're going to hear from the head coach, Ryan Huska, coming up in just moments, as well as Connor Zeri and Dennis Gilbert. Both will be in the lineup tonight in Edmonton. It is a very young Flames lineup going to Edmonton. We know that Dan Vladar gets the start in goal. Dustin Wolf will be his backup. Past that, we do not know lines or pairings. It was an optional skate this morning. But here are the players, uh, forwards and defensemen, heading up the road to Edmonton. Dryden Hunt, Yegor Sharangovich, Dylan Dubé, Sam Honzik, Adam Klapka, Connor Zeri, Adam Ruzichka, Walker Dewar, Lucas Siona, Martin Pospisil, Emilio Pedersen, and Cole Schwint. Well, on defense, Nikita Zadorov leads a young group with Dennis Gilbert, Nick DeSimone, Jeremy Poirier, Jordan Osterley and Ilya Solovyov. So a very, very young Flames group going up the road to Edmonton. Lots of opportunity for the young guys who are on the bubble to make an impression tonight. Going for the Oilers, Stuart Skinner's in goal. Well, the likes of Connor McDavid, Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor Brown, Zach Hyman. Uh, pretty NHL heavy lineup for Edmonton uh, tonight. So, look, it's preseason. Results don't always mean anything, but a good chance for some Flames players to make an impression. No doubt, uh, as the last preseason game on Friday, generally used for a final tune-up for the NHL squad. So we'll see what exactly deep pairings and lines look up uh, look like when warm-up begins just after 6.30 tonight from Edmonton. You can catch that during the Flames pregame show with Pat Steinberg. Uh, speaking of the Calgary Flames, uh, obviously been lots of news over the last couple of days, going back to Saturday when uh, Kelsey Snow announced that uh, Flames assistant general manager Chris Snow had passed away. Um, just wanted to pass along today that uh, there has been an announcement about a memorial service scheduled for Chris Snow. Uh, it's going to be held Thursday, October 12th here in Calgary. Uh, this is a release from the Flames today in loving memory of Flames Vice President of Data and Analytics and Assistant GM Chris Snow, who passed away on September 30th following a five-year battle with ALS. Service details have been confirmed. Chris Snow, 
of course, the beloved husband of Kelsey, father of Cohen and Willa. Uh, please join us for a memorial service honoring Chris's life and legacy on Thursday, October 12th at 2 p.m. Mountain to be held at St. Michael Catholic Community. For those who cannot attend in person, it's going to be live streamed on YouTube. Uh, in lieu of flowers, the family is asking uh, that you make a donation to ALS Research. If you feel like you want to share your memories of Chris with Kelsey, Cohen, and Willa, you can send cards to the Snow Family, 555 Saddle Dome Rise, Southeast Calgary, Alberta, or by emailing snowystrongcgy at gmail.com. So once again, a memorial service scheduled for Chris Snow on Thursday, October 12th at St. Michael's Catholic Community. On to a game day tonight. Flames looking to get uh, tuned up for another preseason game. And how many NHLers, obviously. Uh, good to see Dennis Gilbert back in the lineup. That's good news for the Calgary Flames. He suffered a uh, pretty nasty hit into the boards earlier in the preseason, but he is back. That's good news for the Flames' depth on defense. Big game tonight for a couple guys on the, the roster bubble. Obviously, Dryden Hunt. Uh, Connor Zary, Adam Ruzicka. We've had conversations about Cole Schwint in that 4C spot. Uh, going up against heavy NHL competition tonight. Uh, chance to make a final impression on their head coach. Here is Ryan Huska. He spoke to the media following an optional morning skate on this Wednesday and ahead of the Flames' seventh preseason game tonight in Edmonton. For someone to make a difference tonight, and you know, as these guys who are on the bubble... Do they have to stand out, or is that something that – and they do it quietly, too? You can do it quietly. I mean, in this, the lineup that they're going to see tonight will be a challenging lineup. So um, if if there's a young guy that shows that he can play in those situations quietly, then great. If there's a situation where a certain guy um, we're expecting to be a, a fourth-line energy guy, for example, can, can stand out by – um, doing exactly what we're asking him to do, great. Um, and you'll see a lot of the younger guys will get some power play time as well. So there's different opportunities um, that we'll look at here for those guys tonight, for sure. Have you seen Connor's area take a step? Um, yeah, I have from the first exhibition game. Um, you, know, you know, he'll be on our first power play unit tonight, and he's going to get that opportunity to kind of run um, one of the half walls. You know, his challenge, and Eric, I think it's a little bit to your question, like you want him to stand out, but you also want him to play a game that's a quiet game where he's not on the ice for chances against type things. And that's going to be a real challenge for a lot of these guys because the speed of this game will be significantly different than what they've seen in the past. One of the most important things when you're looking at these bubble guys, energy yeah. line guys, whatever, is just trust. Yeah. Else? Absolutely. That's a big thing. So if they make the right decisions at the right time, do they put the puck in the right spot? Do they try to play through someone and a turnover happens and they come back the other way? Those things are massive. And, and that is a big thing that we'll look for tonight. How would, how would you assess Dustin Wolf's preseason so far? Um, I thought Dustin's first game was probably not to his level. I thought his second game was really good. Yeah. And I know fans are kind of pining to see him in the NHL on a more consistent basis. Do you anticipate like carrying three goalies, or, or do you think I don't anticipate carrying three goalies? No, I mean everything's still up for up in the air, but I don't anticipate that. No. Ryan, from last season and, and from camp, what 
What do you see in terms of the ways Walker Dewar can impact this group? Yeah, the Walker, the speed that he plays the game with. So from when he first came up last year, um, you could see the um, how he can drive play. And it's not driving play with making offensive things happen or being creative offensively. He drives play with his speed, whether it's with the puck, chipping it in and getting hard on a forecheck or driving the far post hard to the net. Um, he has the ability to back defense defenseman off. Um, and that's the, the one thing about him. I, I think the second thing probably is his wall play. Um, he does a good job of, of making the right play on the wall. So when we talk about you want to do the right thing in those situations, Walker tends to do the right things in regards to getting pucks out and he makes sure pucks are in. So he has a good understanding of who he is as a player and he's going to need to continue to focus on that. When, uh, when he, like he hasn't really been a scorer at any level yeah. and, and scored, I think, seven last year. Like, do you think there's maybe, do you think that turns a light bulb on a little bit for him that, hey, maybe I can contribute more than I have? Um, as long as he doesn't lose who he is. I mean, he scores because of the way he plays the game. And his size is an asset, and the speed that he has allows him to get into positions where he can score. I, I think the danger is if he starts thinking that he's a scorer, then the things that make him effective and have got him to this point, um, you, he may be losing track of those things. So we want him to keep doing what he's doing. And um, because of his ability, he puts himself in those positions. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to see him finish, but don't lose who you are. We just talked to Dennis Gilbert. He seems happy, healthy, yeah. ready to go. When you get injured, like at that point in camp, and you lose sort of a week of pretty vital on ice uh, stuff, I mean, what, what do you want a guy like that to be doing in that in that stretch? While he's hurt. Yeah. Um, well, it's one working with our, our medical team, the therapist, to um, get him back to the point where we can get him on the ice, and then it's the steps along the way that we have to put him in. Usually, starts with no contact, and then it becomes contact. Um, when players are rehabbing injuries, and then you you get him into a full practice. So um, we've talked about Dennis before. He's got a lot of energy about him, and you love that. And he he comes to work every day. It's a really annoying time to get an injury for. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not ideal for sure. But um, we know what Dennis is all about, and we know how he can play the game. So another guy to Eric's question, like just keep the game simple and and make sure you do things the right way. Just one more on Dustin. Like beyond the stats, what does the next level? For him, look like just beyond the safe percentage and goals against. Where are you hoping to see next level? Positive? I don't know what you mean by next level. Just maybe like composure or, or things that we don't see that don't show up in in the stats that maybe maybe looks sort of more like an NHL goalie. Like I, I know it's a little. I, I think he looks like an NHL goalie. So I, I you know, that's a it's a tough question because you there's two of them. You know, at the end of the day, where sometimes it's. It's harder to, to break in in those situations. So for him, it's just making sure he's consistent, making sure his angles are good, but trusting that he is an elite goaltender, that's a big thing too. Yeah. I, I probably missed something, but have you been asked over the last couple of days about how long you'll be without Kevin Rooney? Um, you know what? Um, he will not be short-term is what I can say. don't officially know a timeline yet, but it won't be uh, something that we'll see him next week. Has, has Jacob had his surgery? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's all done. Everything went really well. So um, knowing him, he'll be buzzing around the room before we know it. <laughs> any, any timeline there for him, do you know? I don't have an official timeline for him, no. Um, you know, he, he, same thing. He'll be, he'll be a few months for sure to recover from a surgery. Yep. There you go. Flames head coach Ryan Huska speaking to the media on a game day. A couple of injury updates at the end there. Doesn't sound good for Kevin Rooney. No official update, but from the coach, it will not be short-term. 
Means you can ratchet up the pressure for Connor Zary and Cole Schwint tonight for sure for the Calgary Flames. Those guys vying potentially for that fourth line center spot with Rooney out of the picture right now. Sure looks like it's going to be one of the two youngsters getting the call on opening night for the Calgary Flames. Cole Schwint didn't play much on Monday's game in Calgary, but we'll definitely see his minutes increase tonight. Interesting to see what kind of impression Connor Zary can make. And then, of course, uh, the Jacob Pelche news, which we kind of knew already. He's had his surgery uh, and will be out for a couple of months recovering from that. So two forwards out for the Flames. You did hear in that from Ryan Huska as well, that Dennis Gilbert is back and feeling better. That's good news for the Flames' depth on defense. Speaking of Dennis Gilbert, he spoke to the media today as well, getting ready for his uh, next preseason matchup. It's tonight against the Oilers. Just start with uh, kind of how you felt here working your way back in. Obviously, skating kind of you know more regular, and uh, it looks like you know Jersey was shut up pretty quickly in terms of the uh, no contact. How's it felt? Yeah, it's good. Um, unfortunate what happened. Uh, I thought it was a little dirty, but it's a fast game out there. We've all been on both sides of it, so just kind of move forward. Um, can't thank the medical staff in Kent enough for being diligent and helping me get back and feeling good. What for you now? Uh, anything that kind of you know feel like you have to kind of pass in terms of your own uh, you know feel and comfort level, or is it all all systems going on? I think for me, it's just uh, you know get ready to play my game. Like I think I've forged a, a good identity. Um, I know what kind of player I am and what I need to to do to have success um, for the team and, and show the coaches that I can do that. So that's kind of the name of the game for tonight. Not that there's like ever a good time to get hurt, but it feels like that's got to be a really annoying time to get hurt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a long summer, um, so I was feeling, like, so good coming in, and first couple of skates thought went good, testing was good, like, was feeling really healthy, the best I felt for a camp in years. Um, so it's a little frustrating, but just a minor setback, and like I said, the medical staff's been phenomenal, so I'm feeling good now. There's a little bit of uncertainty maybe with that last pairing. What's the organization told you in terms of what your role might be, whether it's here or in the American League? I don't really try to worry about that. Um, for me, it's just a one-day-at-a-time type of approach. Um, it's been great getting assimilated with the guys again since we got back from uh, from the summer, and um, the coaches have been great with implementing their system and teaching everybody, and uh, it's kind of one to shove to them to grasp it and, and show what they can do. Just in terms of pace and, and making sure that you're playing at a high pace because you haven't had the opportunity to play in as many games, how big is tonight for you? Well, it's exciting. Um, you know, they got some speed over there. There's no... Uh, no, no uh, kidding about that, but it'd be fun. Um, I think the, those those games that are high pace and big speed and up and down, like those are the most fun to play in for me. So uh, I'm just super excited to get out there and get my feet going. I'd imagine it's still, still good that uh, you can get back here before the end of the preseason and still kind of, as you talked about, you know, you're feeling good coming in, kind of get right back to that. Is that uh, kind of the feeling for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you don't want stuff to... To drag on and wear you out, like obviously what happened with um, a couple of our guys so far, it's been been really tough for them, and you hate to see that because guys are working so hard to get ready. So um, unfortunate to get injured, obviously, but it's nice that I was able to kind of bounce back quick and get ready to go. I'm not sure if you're playing with Nick tonight or not, but if you are, good comfort level is that a good guy to jump back in with because you've spent so much time with him? Yeah, I mean we've we've been paired in the summers for. I don't know, seven, eight years now. Played them in junior, played them a bit last year. So a lot of comfortability there. Um, great friend, great player. You got to have on the bench. So 
all around. It's awesome. Dennis, this team lost a lot of toughness during the offseason. You've never been afraid to stand up for yourself or a teammate. Is that a role you think you can fill moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's all situational, right? So it's, it's all based on points in the game and what's going on. But, yeah, it's nothing I'm going to shy away from. Like, if I'm, that's how I am, I'm protective about my family and friends just as I am with my teammates. So um, if you see somebody get taken advantage of or anything, obviously you want to step in and do something. But you can also bring physicality and show a presence in other ways by, you know, being extra hard on their good guys and making their life miserable. So there's, there's different ways to do it. But, yeah, something that I don't shy away from. Dennis Gilbert, he's back in the lineup tonight for the Calgary Flames. Again, no deep pairings or lines. It was an optional morning skate today, so we won't get those until warm-up about 6.30 tonight. So make sure you're tuned in live on Flames pregame with Pat Steinberg to get the latest on who is playing with who in this uh, penultimate preseason game for the Calgary Flames. A couple of your texts at 960-960 on a game day. Uh, This one says, Logan, with the team we're sending up, Connor and the boys will probably hang 10 on us. Nothing against our team, just saying. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a. This is very similar to. I don't want to say it's the same as Vancouver uh, when Calgary put up the, the big score early in the preseason, but it's. This is a very, very, very young Calgary Flames team that's going to be tasked with taking on the, the Oilers' top power play tonight and some of their top guys as they look to get into to preseason form. I don't. I don't ever put too much score, uh, you know, into the score of a game in the preseason. It is what it is. I think individual performance is probably more of a measuring stick. Tonight could be one of those games. I'm not going to say it absolutely is. Could it be? Sure. So if you're if you're if you're looking at it from a win loss perspective, maybe it's not the the best chances for the Calgary Flames, but I would look at it as a great opportunity for Dan Vladar potentially. To make a good statement, uh, some of those young defensemen to get a taste of, of NHL action. And for some of the guys that are going to be, like there's young guys on this lineup tonight that are going to be playing against NHL competition on a nightly basis starting in a week's time. Tonight's a chance to get ready. Show that it's not too big of a moment for you. Maybe it doesn't go your way tonight, but get a feel for it, get a sense for it, and get ready because... Uh, the preseason is just about to end here. It's time to start ramping things up, and uh, there's not a lot of time left to get a feel for your game or you know get a sense of where you're going to be as a team. It's it's just about time to get it going for real. So I, I would look at it probably more from that perspective tonight more than anything. Uh, this one says, you think Calgary will wait and claim a more experienced 4C off waivers at the end of camp? I think tonight could go a very long way in making that decision if you're Craig Conroy. Um, there are already a number of youngsters that are going to be in this lineup and perhaps a more veteran center iceman on the 4C spot is something that does pop up on the waivers and interest Craig Conroy. Again, I think it's going to depend on how Cole Schwint and or Connor Zeri play tonight that goes a long way to making that decision. Um, the center ice position has been challenged depth wise now a little bit with some of these injuries so yeah it it certainly could be one of those things you got to figure out cap implications with Rooney's injury and Shillington and everything so again that's kind of the tough part for the Flames right now is salary wise it would make a lot of sense for one of those youngsters to come in and 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 fit one of those spots but 
Uh, if they're not ready, they're not ready. Um, and this one from uh, Mike from Airdrie. Mike's not uh, loving the Flames team right now. Huska isn't a good structure coach for Calgary. This season's going to be brutal. Gilbert is an average AHL defenseman. Flames need better depth. I think Gilbert's a fine seven and a guy that can pop in on your top six from from time to time. And as he chatted with Derek there, I think he's a guy that brings a little bit of toughness and is uh, uh, able to stand up for his teammates. I, I haven't had any problem with Dennis Gilbert. I think he's uh, more of a six, seven guy than a, a full-time AHL defenseman. But you're if that's how you feel, that's how you feel about him. Uh, mentioned Connor's area a couple of times. I think it's a big night for him. Against uh, some stiff NHL competition in Edmonton, a chance to make an impression, maybe take a hold of that 4C spot for the Calgary Flames. Uh, he's in action tonight for the Flames, and he spoke to the media a little bit earlier today. Well, let's just start with uh, tonight. Um, you have two games, exhibition games left. I'd imagine you know, as you kind of get to this point, you feel like each each chance you get in is uh, kind of has to be viewed as, as one of the last chances you have to impress. Is that fair? 100%. I think that's that's the way you look at it. It's every time you get in, it's an opportunity to, to kind of show yourself. And obviously, it's a it's a team game. And you want to do everything you can to help your team win. But um, there's also opportunity right in front of you to to kind of kind of reach out and grab and and prove yourself a bit. How, how have you felt about the way that it's developed in terms of uh, you know preseason and, and just the entire training camp from yourself personally? Yeah, I've felt really good right from the start. I think a uh, little grow, obviously, coming. You haven't played a game in a few months, a couple hiccups here and there, and you just kind of build throughout camp and, and try and grow your game to, to get it at that to get it fine-tuned and at that level where, where you can prove yourself and, and take advantage of those opportunities. When it comes to proving yourself, what do you feel you have shown the, the coaches? Uh, I think I've been able to show what I can do with the puck and how I can create, how I can have, make opportunities in, in the offensive zone. I think there's there's some work to be done in these next, uh, or especially tonight, uh, away from the puck. We've got a pretty much full NHL roster on the other side, so I think it's going to be huge to, to kind of show the details of the game and, and kind of show that if if you're in a bottom six role and whatnot, you can play those little details that are going to shut those guys down. Do you allow yourself to have that moment? I mean, you look that Edmonton team has some, some global superstars on Is it yeah. fun to get to go up and... At the end of the day, I don't. I don't think you really care. I think it's just another game, and and you got to play. I think that's some. Those guys are the best players in the world, but I think if you just stick to what you want to do and, and know you have to perform yourself, I don't think you you're focused too much. What's on the other side, you just know what you have to do. Connor, um, if you if you make the team, it might be in a fourth line role, and you're used to playing top three, top six minutes. Just is that a little bit of a mindset shift for you, or? Yeah, I think it's it's always different, but it's always something you prepare yourself for is to have those tools to play anywhere in the lineup uh, on the wing center. I think I've always been comfortable kind of playing up and down. So um, I, I've had that role before lots in, in the American League. So just trying, like I said, take advantage of this opportunity. I don't think it really matters at the end of the day where you're playing. It's If you get an opportunity to play in the National Hockey League, you're, you're a pretty happy guy. So I think just going with that mindset and, and take every day as an opportunity and, and something you can uh, uh, build on and prove yourself. Connor, what makes you feel like you can handle that sort of third or fourth line role? Like uh, you suited for it? Yeah, I think just, just what I said before is is I've, I've, I've played it before in the American League, and, and you kind of put yourself in a different mindset that it's not all about producing and and um, and and playing that top three, top six role. I think it's it's those little details that matter and shutting guys down, and sometimes that's going to be the biggest thing to, to help your team. But at the end of the day, it's the NHL. You need all four lines to, to produce and, and create chances. It's, uh, it's not the same anymore where you just have one line. You have... 12, 13 guys who can all play the game and play it at a high level. So I think it's important to, to always stick to that too. And would the mantra on that fourth line be energy, number one? 
Yeah, for sure. I think, like like I just mentioned to West there, I, I don't think the game's quite the same anymore. You, you just have a fourth line full of guys who, who are fighters and, and hitters and checkers, but you play the game with energy and, and, and like I said, with detail. And, and um, if you're playing with a lot of energy, getting in on the fourth check, that's exactly what you need in a fourth line these days to build momentum. Is part of the, part of those, do you feel like you have to change your game if you're playing on the fourth line or are you playing the same game? I think not too much. I think, like, like I've mentioned, it's it's all detail based. It's it's uh, it's going to be a lot of building momentum. It might be quick shifts. Might not be a lot of ice time. So you take advantage of what you can do in that small amount of time to to kind of make positive steps forward for your team and, and the next guys on the ice and leave them in a good position. I know coaches love you know the faceoffs too, and, and whether they're in D zone, you know O zone, or wherever they might be. But how much pride do you take in in that part of the game, and where have you seen that you know grow? Yeah, it's huge. I think that's something I definitely learned in my first year in the American League. You come up against bigger, stronger guys when when you're 19, 20, and and you realize how important faceoffs are. If you if you start with the puck, it's probably going to make it for a better shift than if you don't. So um, I think it's it's one of the most important part of the game. It's first battle of every single shift. That obviously when there's a whistle, but. Um, like I said, it's it's huge if you can start with the puck. It can be the difference between playing defense for 30 seconds or offense. So, Connor Sherry, he's got a big opportunity tonight as the Flames face a very NHL-heavy lineup against the Edmonton Oilers. Once again, it's game seven of eight of the preseason for the Flames. Six o'clock, our Flames coverage gets going with pregame. Pat Steinberg's got you covered there. And then Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call tonight. Seven o'clock right here. On Sportsnet 960, the fan will take a break. Come back on the other side. It's also a big game day for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're getting set for game two against the Minnesota Twins. It's win or go home. Let's get you previewed for the Jays and the Twins. That's next as Sportsnet Today rolls on. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It is win or go home for the Toronto Blue Jays. On this Wednesday, it's game two, Jays and Twins. Frustrating game one for the Jays. John Schneider says everyone except for Kevin Gosman is available out of the bullpen in game two. They will start with Jose Barrios on the mound. Sonny Gray goes for the Twins. It's a 238 first pitch. You can hear it live here on Sportsnet 960. The fan will flash back to last night or yesterday afternoon, I should say, at Target Field. Great crowd, sold out crowd. Jays just continue to do what they've done really all season long. Offense has struggled. Rough start for Kevin Gosman early on. Seemed like he was able to settle down, struck out the side before John Schneider decided to go to the bullpen. Base running error by Bo Bichette. Cost them a little bit later on in the game. And now the Jays looking to avoid their second straight wildcard series sweep. Let's go back to last night, though. Let's hear from the manager, John Schneider, his thoughts following a Jays game one loss to the Twins. John, starting um, with Kevin in those early innings there before corrected late on, um, was that similar to what you saw from him in the earlier Twins games uh, this season? Or what did you see him dealing with there? Uh, I mean, a little bit. You know, they made him work. Um, you know, I think it was two fastballs that he kind of just, you know, yanked a little bit to to Lewis. And um, other than that, you know, they grinded him pretty hard, um, whether it was walks or laying off some really good pitches. I thought his last inning obviously was his best. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think you look at it, it was kind of similar with the way they made him work. And um, the two mistakes hurt him. 
And then just a bit more broadly on how your lineup faced Lopez there. Uh, what was he doing well, and, and what was the adjustment that might have made that better for your lineup? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's good, for one. And I think he was throwing a few more breaking balls to lefties than we kind of anticipated uh, first time through, second time through even. But, you know, we hit some balls hard. You know, Chappie hits a ball, you know, farther than Lewis, you know, and, uh, and it's caught. Um, you know, it's, it, it happens. He threw the ball. He threw the ball well. And, um, you know, I thought that we adjusted pretty well along with him. But, um, you know, you give him credit. But, you know, we hit some balls really hard that didn't find any holes. Um, hey, John, um, just on Gosman and the Twins laying off splitters specifically, did you see anything with that? Do you have any thoughts on, like, maybe how they were able to um, lay off some of those pitches? Yeah, they weren't really carrying the zone as well as they did later. That was, that was the biggest thing, and I think that, you know, you kind of couple that with a couple missed locations with fastballs, and, I mean, one guy had all their RBIs. So, you know, yeah, they made him work, but I think, you know, it got better as he went on. So uh, it's just kind of one of those things with, with Kev's arsenal. And just more broadly, um, you know, you guys have been in this position before last year and then even this year kind of having to have a bunch of must wins to end the season. Do you guys draw on that experience right now? Yeah, it seems like it's been fitting for a while. Um, you know, I thought overall the game, you know, we, we played a good game and didn't, you know, didn't get the breaks that we needed to, you know, in these type of games, you know, damage is, is a big part of it. And couple homers got you but you know I think that this group is you know overall you look at the the body of work and how many times that we have been in this situation it seems like a lot and I know they're going to come out ready tomorrow you mentioned the the Chapman drive that got picked off the wall is that almost the story of his season you look at the contact numbers and you look at the how hard he's hit the ball how well he's hit the ball and really hasn't had enough to show for it Probably, yeah. I mean, he's he's been pretty consistent with how, you know, how hard he's been hitting it. Um, that's just kind of, you know, another example of it. Um, the other one with the ball up the middle that almost gets caught that he scorches too. But uh, going forward into into tomorrow, hopefully he just stays right there. You know, it's, uh, it's tough when they don't go your way. And, uh, you know, today it didn't, but you got to stick with what you're doing and, uh, and not chase results. You know, I think more times than not balls you hit like that are going to be in there for, for extra bases. And the five innings you got out of the bullpen, it looks like that's the way you would want that thing to run when you're trying to protect the lead, which they weren't today. But what did you see out of them? And the fact that nobody but Hicks threw as many as 15 pitches, how well does that set you up for tomorrow? Yeah, I thought they were great today. You know, all of them, you know, kind of did their part and, and made really, really good pitches. You know, um, it's been them the whole year, really. You know, they've been really, really good the entire year. I think going into tomorrow, you know, it sets us up very well. Um, everyone will be available. Jordan will be available too, um, as well as some other guys um, that usually don't sit down there. But um, yeah, it's all, all hands on deck tomorrow. John, the play with uh, Bo rounding third base, um, he's obviously trying to make something happen there. It looked like he ran through a stop sign, though. Were you okay with that aggressiveness, or would you like to have that one back, or how do you view it? Uh, yeah, I haven't really looked at it yet. I mean, it was a hell of a play by Correa. He was standing over kind of at, you know, shortstop and he ended up getting the ball um yeah i mean i mean it's playoffs guys are trying to make play i haven't looked at it closely but you know i think correa made a hell of a play i was gonna ask about the same play uh but you mentioned guys who in the bullpen aren't usually there bassett presumably would be among that group uh everyone will be available tomorrow except kevin and we saw today even you were managing it seemed with a sense of urgency getting guys up early in the game um are there any ways that that might amplify tomorrow where it really is a do or die game 
I mean, yeah. I mean, you want to try to just get the best matchups that you can, and you have to understand that we have a very talented pitching group, no matter who it is. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you got to win tomorrow to get to the next day, and then keep on doing that. So, um, you know, you don't want to say like an an over sense of urgency, but uh, these guys all know that it's going to take everybody to get to to game three. John Schneider post game last night following the Jays threw and lost to the Minnesota Twins again. Everyone available out of the bullpen except. For Kevin Gosman, bullpen did exactly what you needed them to do for the Jays. Just, again, no run support from the group. Kevin Gosman's seen that story before this year. Frustrating run for the Jays who need to find some offense. 12 straight games now without scoring a run in the first inning. They'd sure like to change that narrative in this game this afternoon or else they are heading back to Toronto with another wild card series loss for this core group. Uh, not much to say. I mean, the Boba play is, is what it is. He spoke last night and said, look, I went because I thought I was going to score it. Hard to argue with what John Schneider said there. It's a great play by Carlos Correa. It's unfortunate for the Jays that he gets caught, but I would like to see more aggressive base running for the Jays, to be honest. So, I don't think Bobachet made an unnecessarily an error there. I think he looks behind him, sees the balls loose, and, and tries to make a play. Uh, sometimes the Jays, when you're trying to manufacture offense, probably need a little bit more of that than they've gotten this season. So we'll see how aggressive they are in uh, this matchup today. Let's uh, hear from a couple of the players speaking to the media once they got to Minnesota today, or to the arena today, I should say, including Kevin Biggio, not just for Taylor, but... Uh, just in general, Kevin spoke to the media today talking about the worry level, the pressure on this team, and what they need in this must-win game two against Minnesota. I'm uh, just wondering about if, if kind of you feel that sort of you guys did maybe didn't get rewarded for the quality of that bat. How do you approach not wanting to try and do more and trying to stick with something that produced maybe a good process but maybe not a good result? Right, yeah. I did, I did think we had some decent at-bats yesterday. We put ourselves in you know, some positions to hit with runners in scoring position. And, uh, you know, that's all you can really ask for uh, in the postseason. And uh, I think uh, moving forward, getting into those positions, just, you know, uh, trying to slow things down. It's a great environment here. Yesterday was awesome uh, to see from their fans. But, uh, yeah, I think it's all about slowing the game down and uh, taking what, uh, what the pitcher gives you. And for yourself, e emotionally, You've done it a couple times. What are some of the things you feel going into an elimination game, and what are some things that you want to sort of maybe want to focus on? Some things you want to avoid? Yeah, um, you know, I think playoffs is uh, puts a big importance on you know every, every single pitch matters. You know, no matter what, and uh, you can feel the weight of it. You know, the fans they're they're into every single pitch. So, uh, so yeah, I think just uh, you know worrying about what you can control as an individual player and. You know, uh, taking what the what the game gives you, let it come to you, and uh, you know, I think it'll be all right. Hey, Kevin. Uh, just building off Shai's question, what's the reset process like for you after obviously disappointing loss and dis uh, result yesterday, coming into today and trying to start fresh? Yeah, um, you know, we played you know 162 games. You know, not a whole lot um, changes based off my whole routine for me personally. Um, you know, uh, for me, you know, I took a couple swings uh, after the game. Talk to my uh, hitting coach. I like to go to 100 men's and uh, just kind of talk things through, what I was feeling and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, moving forward with today, um, you know, I'm excited to put that uh, 
to the test and in my routine and whatnot, and just going out there and competing and having fun. Hey, Kev, um, you mentioned the crowd here yesterday. Uh, I'm curious about that. And the postseason a bit different because they're not just cheering for the Twins. They're very actively uh, cheering against you. What does that feel like on field level? And what effect does that have during a game? Yeah, I, I love the feeling of it. Um, you know, especially when I was first getting called up to the big leagues in 19, playing in New York and Boston. I love the feeling of those fans being into every single pitch. It was, it, uh, you know, it brings the most out of you. And yesterday was no different. You know, that, that whole stadium was, it was buzzing. It was vibrating, you know, after those two home runs that Lewis hit. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great environment. Um, you know, the fans here have always been good. Uh, we've always, you know, had some fans travel with us, too. And, you know, it looked to see that be that way uh, yesterday, too. So that's always nice to see. But, uh but yeah, I mean, this is uh, the environment you always dream to play in, and uh, you know, home or away, it's always uh, it's always fun and exciting. And more broadly, on your team, you, you've spoken a few times this year about the closeness of this group, and your teammates as well have expressed that. Um, it, are these the moments where that becomes most valuable, and and how does that translate uh, onto the field in terms of play? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that uh, this is probably the biggest time of year for that, and uh, you know, I think uh, you know, times throughout the year. You know, we've always spoken to how close we are as teammates, and uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that have been the, been to the postseason before, have had a lot of success in the postseason, and you know, now is the time to to really lean on those guys and you know, listen to what they have to say. So, um, so yeah, you know, like I said earlier, it's all about slowing it down, and uh, you know, teammates-wise, just kind of leaning on each other and playing our game. We'll stand your right with Caitlin. Hey, Kevin. Um, just on Jose, obviously he's had a really great bounce back season. I guess how excited is everyone to see him like pitch today and what kind of like confidence do you take going into this game knowing he's on the mound? Yeah, I mean, I have all the confidence in the world in, uh, in Jose and, you know, really all of our starters. But, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, playing with Jose the past, uh, you know, two and a half years or so, he's got electric stuff. I've seen him at his best. I've seen him at his worst. But, you know, and, and all those times he's always going out there and giving everything that he has. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the competitiveness in him. It's the, it's the care that he has and not only the game, but in his team and his teammates wanting to succeed, you know, for us. So, uh, you know, his stuff is, is elite. And, uh, you know, when he's on, he's really on. So, uh, you know, I'll take his competitiveness, uh, you know, every single day that he goes out there. The last row in the middle. Hey, Kevin, you were talking about kind of leaning on the guys who've gone on deep runs, have been here before. What are guys like George and Brandon kind of saying to the rest of the team right now? Yeah, it's more just, you know, put yesterday behind us and let's just move forward. You know, there, there's no need to really harp on what happened yesterday and, you know, the game not really going our way. But, you know, we got another day today, another opportunity, and that's just kind of what we're looking forward to. Other questions? Stay back there. Kevin, you've talked a few times about slowing the game down, especially in the postseason. What is you know, your mental self-dialogue about slowing things down? Yeah, for me personally, it's you know, um, you know, when I'm hitting or, or, or fielding or you know, whatever it is and I feel the moment getting big or whatever, just kind of taking a deep breath and you know, just kind of concentrating on you know, what I'm trying to do up there, what I'm looking for, what he has and whatnot. And you know, um, you know, with the pitch clock, it takes a little bit uh, quicker. But um, you know, for me, it's... It's always been something I've leaned on throughout the course of my career where I feel things are speeding up on me. I just kind of step out and you know, take a breath and really think about what I'm trying to do up there. So um, it's really important in times like this, you know, with, with atmospheres and situations like this. So, um, yeah, just slowing, it, slowing the game down for, for me and for us as a team is uh, probably the biggest thing right now. Oh, we'll go to Shy right here, Kevin. 
Kevin, with a pitcher like Sonny Gray, who, who can do so many different things, uh, and it's not necessarily one pitch that you're guaranteed to see, how do you approach a pitcher with such a varied repertoire? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sonny, uh, I've, I've faced him, you know, a handful of times this year, last year, and, you know, he always has uh, a different way to attack me, and, uh, you know, for me, it's just kind of, uh, you know, being patient with uh, with what I'm looking for, and uh, just trying to stay, you know, kind of in, in the heart of the plate. Because if I find myself swinging at pitches that are, you know, on, on the corner or maybe a little bit off, then I'm just kind of uh, buying into what he wants me to do. So uh, he's a great pitcher. He's got a lot of different pitches to attack you with, like he said. And uh, you know, it's just uh, you know minimizing the zone a little bit, and uh, you know, just try not to do too much. Kevin Biggio. He and the Toronto Blue Jays looking to avoid another wild card series sweep. 238 first pitch right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And you can watch it, of course, across the Sportsnet television network. Bo, going to, or excuse me, Kevin, going to be playing second base and batting fifth. Your lineup for tonight's game two. George Springer will lead it off and play right field. Brandon Belt will DH and bat second, followed by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Then it is Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio. Alejandro Kirk, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Matt Chapman, and Dalton Varsho batting ninth and in left field. It's going to be a big game for the Jays. Taylor, how you feeling? We heard from Kevin. That's your boy. Jays getting it done. Are we forcing a game three tomorrow? I mean, I hope so. I'm I'm a little, you know, disappointed and betrayed from yesterday. Mm. And I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence. After that first inning wow. of sadness, but, you know, hopefully hopefully they can bounce back because looking at the stats, they've always traded back and forth wins. Yes. So it seems it seems like they're going to win because I'm going to cry if they don't. Don't win say that. Four times in a row. Yeah, it, look, it's it's going to be seriously depressing if we're here tomorrow talking about the exact same thing that we talked about a year ago and all the great pitching and all the great uh, defense and everything that we talked about was all for naught for this Jays team. It was just simply uh, another season of high expectations and not a lot of following it up. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I mean, look, even if they win today, they still have a big... Uh, game three coming up that they'll need to find a way to to pick up a win with, uh, but you, you, just back to back years of sweeps just would not be would not be ideal. We already know what uh, the offseason holds, whether it's Matt Chapman or others. This team uh, with some guys that are on good contracts that's not going to last forever. Pick up a win today. At least let's get to a, a must win game three in in Minnesota and go from there. I like the chances with Jose Brios. If you missed it, John Schneider said everyone's available, uh, which, according to some Blue Jays reporters, does indeed mean uh, the likes of Chris Bassett, if they need to go down that road, is going to be available. So we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it again. We'll have it right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan taking you to pregame in just a few moments. First pitch just after 238 here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Uh, Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition. Uh, it is a Flames game day, so uh, afternoon scheduling. Really going to depend on how the Jays and the Twins go. Uh, if they end in normal time, we'll jump to a little early edition of Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg. If not, the plan is to go right into uh, Flames warm-up at 6 o'clock. Uh, 
Uh, that'll lead you up to Flames and Oilers at 7 with Derek and Megan. So uh, maybe Flames talk today, maybe not. If not, all your Flames coverage, of course, starting at 6 with Pat here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you to Andy McNamara and Reed Wilkins for joining us today. Thanks to outstanding producers Cam and Taylor, as always. And thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. Appreciate it. Enjoy the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins, or if you're Taylor, try to enjoy the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins. We will be back tomorrow, perhaps at a regular time, perhaps an earlier time. We really don't know. Uh, we'll find out uh, once the Jays and the Twins wrap things up. We do know we'll have Flames hockey uh, to talk about tomorrow after their game against the Edmonton Oilers. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy the Jays and the Twins. Pre-games coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.